This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. I'm going to do. I'm going to start a series, a Wednesday night series. I typically have done one uh, once a year. I, the last one I did was 2019. I'm going to do another one starting tonight on the Holy Spirit and His help. And so this is. And listen to me. This is real key. This is real important. So I realize many of you come from different backgrounds. Um, some of you come from very traditional backgrounds. Some of you come from very, uh, well, you had no church whatsoever. But I would encourage you to stay with us during this time. You're watching online, stay with us because I believe we're living in a day now where we need more of the Holy Spirit's help than we ever have before. And, and we need, and so we're going, to, we're going to look at his ministry. We're going to look at how he works. We're going to look at how he helps us because I don't know about you, I need help. You need help. We all need help. And thank God we have help. So let's pray and we'll start this. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your goodness and your mercy towards us. <coughs> Father, we thank you. Tonight I ask for wisdom. I ask that you would give me clarity and understanding. And Father, we'll be able to speak your word with boldness and with accuracy that our hearts are open to hear and the Father, we're open to what you have to say. Grateful. Father, thank you for everyone who's watching online, everyone who's in this auditorium tonight. We give you all the praise. Thank you. You love them. You care for them. They seek you and your wisdom. We believe we'll receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, excuse me, just two seconds. The, um, our text is John 14, 16 and 17. This is Jesus speaking. He said, and I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. This is, the, this is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit and he offered the disciples help. He said, I'm going to give you another helper. Now he's about to talk to them about leaving. But he begins to talk to them here about another helper. And that word another is an interesting word. It means another of the same kind. Another of equal quality. My, uh, my children, all, all of them received, when they hit about 16, all of them received pretty much ugly cars. I, I just had a personal belief that every 16-year-old needs an ugly car to start off with then you've got nowhere to go but up. And it's a good thing we gave them an ugly car. They didn't wreck it, but they dinged it pretty good. And, uh, but they, if, let's just say that they wrecked, none of them, I know y'all think Matthew wrecked, he did not. Matthew never wrecked a car. Christina never wrecked one. Matthew did tell me one time when we drove together to church, I, I, I finally stopped doing that. When he's getting his permit, I'm letting him drive to church on a Sunday morning. We were still over in the roller rink. So we're driving and, and he, he almost turns, changes lanes, and there was an 18-wheeler just right there. And I, I handled it in less than, less than calm fashion. I said, what are you doing? He said, it was in my blind spot. I don't think I knew what to say to that. I mean, how do you have an 18-wheeler in your blind spot? It, it was nothing but 18-wheeler over there. 
He didn't wreck it. Michael decided that he was going to go ahead and just turn into an 18-wheeler. And so, well, that's another story. But anyway, they didn't wreck it. But if they did, if they, if they wrecked their car and I looked at them and said, don't worry, I will get you another vehicle. What are they expecting to get? Another, another ugly car. But what if I got them a bicycle? You realize a bicycle is a vehicle? A vehicle is a conveyance that moves people or objects. It moves it, doesn't move it the same way, but how do you know a bicycle is not the same quality as a, even as an ugly car? Right? I mean, most 16-year-olds say, would you like a bike or a car? They're going to take the ugly car. So if I said, I'm going to get you another vehicle, and I got him a bicycle, that wouldn't really be another vehicle. That would be a different vehicle. It wouldn't be the same quality. Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper. And basically what he's saying is, someone of the same quality as me. Now that's big. Because for these disciples, Jesus had been everything for them. He'd been their direction, their wisdom, their truth, their provision, their healing, their comfort. For three years, all they did was follow him. You know, they just followed him. Where are we going today? Well, we're going to ask Jesus. Where does Jesus want to go? So he'd be their direction. They needed provision. Jesus had ideas. Peter, ran, Peter needed tax money. Jesus helped him get tax money. He told him to go fishing. Take the first fish that came up. They needed help. He provided help. They needed comfort. He was the one that comforted them. He was such an integral part of their life, and then he tells them he's leaving, and that does not go over big. What do you mean you're leaving? How can you be leaving? You're, you're everything to us. He said, yeah, but I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to give you another helper. Now, that word helper is an interesting word. Oh, yeah, because you do know that Jesus ascended, right? He's not here on earth. Mark 16. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So we recognize right now Jesus is, in his spiritual body, is seated at the right hand of God. He's in heaven. But, thank God the Holy Spirit is still here with us on the earth. So the helper means paraclete, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. One who comes forward on the behalf of and representative of another. So actually he is Christ's representative. Why Jesus is in heaven, he's his representative here on earth. And he's sent to help us. And the beautiful thing about it is, he's a marvelous helper. Because we've talked about, I talked about tonight, that, the, that God knows everything about everything. Well, the Holy, how do you know the Holy Spirit is still God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The thing about it is, is we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit in, in, our, in our church services. Some of you maybe have grown up and never heard about the Holy Spirit or you associate the Holy Spirit with only certain groups of Christians. But, but that's not accurate, because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. It is a he, not an it. And, it's, and, and I know that some people say, well, you know, that Holy Ghost business. Holy Ghost, ghost is an old English word. And so it, it, 
People would use the ghost for spirit. I think of ghost, I think of Casper the friendly ghost. And so you start talking about the Holy Ghost, and people are like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. So because we can understand the Father, because we can understand the Son, because the Holy Spirit can also take on different bodily forms, and yet is still a divine personality, it, it, honestly, he's a little tougher for us to understand. But it does not mean we have to stop there, because we can learn more about him. I love teaching this series, because every time I do, I learn more. And it helps, me, it helps me know more because I know that I want more of his involvement in my life. Jesus, we talked about him being the spirit of truth. And I've got the, we are increasingly in need of truth in today's environment. I've seen it change over the years. I think it's become more and more of an issue that sources that used to be trusted I don't trust as much anymore. I, I don't trust always the accuracy. People say, well, I saw it on Fox News. Doesn't make it true. I saw it on CNN. Doesn't make it true. I heard this on social media. Definitely doesn't make it true. <laughs> and yet people are, are so willing to jump, jump down that rabbit hole. On, on the, but listen, we need truth. And we need to know what's truth. And we need to know who's talking to us and, and what's truth. And so we're living in a day, and, and this is really, it's indicative of the last days. Jordan and I are talking about this, that, that uh, I know people have talked about the last days, and the last days people say, oh yeah, people have been talking about the last days. I can see things shaping up now and coming into place where we're easily seeing how you can see how some of these last day events are coming into place. And come, listen, how people's minds have changed just over the past 10 years on things that used to be completely taboo that are now wide open. Unusual changes. And so we have to understand what we're dealing with. Paul talked to Timothy about it. He wrote and said this, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, times of pressure. Then jump down to verse 13. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Listen, I appreciate online. Those of you who watch online, I know some of you watch. We actually, Matt was showing me, we have people who actually watch in Russia. There's one of them, but they're in Russia. <laughs> there are people in different countries that watch. There are people. But if you have an opportunity to be inside a good local church, please get in a good local church. If you have an opportunity, don't let us simply be your only local church. Get in a local church. And the reason why is because you get to know those who labor among you. You hear something today, and a good question is, who said it? And who are they? And who made them an expert? But it, the idea of a local church is you, we get to see each other we get to be around each other. You get to know them. You can know me as your pastor. I've been here for 25 years. You've watched me get progressively older for the whole time that I've been here. But, but, but we're here. And my family's here. And so you can begin to go, is there any fruit there? Who are they? Are they legitimate? You want to know who you're learning from. So that's what I'm saying. If you're online and watching, you don't have to stop watching. 
But if you're in a place where you can get in a good local church, please do. Some people aren't in a place where there's a, a, a good local church available. That one person in Russia, we are so glad that you watch. The world system doesn't operate in truth. And Jesus said that the world won't know the Holy Spirit. Doesn't see him, doesn't know him. And so the world doesn't understand. We talk about the Holy Spirit. We, and and here's, here's one of the things that you'll learn. If you'll stay with me, what you'll begin to see is you can begin to see how some of these things took place in the Bible when you understand the working of the Holy Spirit. Then we stop exalting people and we recognize it's God working through them by his spirit. And then you can begin to go, oh, okay. People are like, well, I don't know how people could ever write the Bible. Well, if you understand that the Holy Spirit was there from the beginning, that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep in the beginning, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, next verse says, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. So he was there. So if he was there, how many know he could bring to people's remembrance what was done? It's not so amazing. And so when you begin to know him, you begin to go, yeah, he can do that. There's a whole spiritual realm, guys. We, don't, we know very, very little about it. We're going to know more and more about it. But it's real. And just because we can't see it, feel it, and touch it, it's still real. And the Holy Spirit still operates in that realm, and he can operate in us. You know you're a spiritual being. One day you'll leave here. Those of you who have made Jesus Christ your Lord, you know exactly where you're going to go. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we leave this body behind. Hallelujah. And we get one that doesn't grow old, doesn't grow fat, doesn't get wrinkles, doesn't get tired. <laughs> it's just, it's, a, it's glorified. And I hope we get to do what Jesus did, like walk through walls and stuff. That would be cool. But it's a whole spiritual realm. We have to understand that. And then when you begin to see the Holy Spirit and his work, you begin to get that. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us, and he will guide us in line with God's word. We'll say that again. He will always guide us in line with God's word. He's not going to lead us apart from that. So let me give you, I want to give you just a couple of ways to, to approach this series. The Zacharias way or the Mary way. Zacharias, Luke, the first chapter, father of John the Baptist, was talking to Zacharias, had, saw an angel. Angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, your prayers heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. You shall call his name John. This is John the Baptist. And you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. That was tactful. And the angel... And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you the, and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you'll be mute, not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which be fulfilled in their own time. Zacharias was praying. Now, I'm going to give you two perspectives. Zacharias was praying, and he was in the temple. He was, he was a priest. It was his time to be in the temple in the Holy of Holies. He's praying, and an angel appears. Gabriel, boom, right side of the altar. Scares him. Would have scared you. Would have scared me. There's an angel, and the angel begins to talk to him, say, you're going to have a baby. His name, you're going to call him John. Goes into a little bit of detail of what John is going to do. John the Baptist, a forerunner of Jesus. He would come to prepare the way for Jesus. 
And so he was, he was instrumental. And the angel said, Zacharias, you're going to see this. Now, Zacharias, good man. Bible said he was a good man, righteous man. He and his wife had been praying for a baby for a long time and had not had a baby. Angel had a message of good news and there was a scriptural precedent. So the angel said, you're going to have a baby. Zacharias said, well, how do I know this? How do I know you're telling me the truth? He actually had a scriptural precedent for believing that. Abraham and Sarah, older couple, had a baby. Samson's parents, older couple, had a baby. Hannah had never been able to have a baby, had a baby. Uh, the Shunammite woman, older husband, no children, had a baby. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a scriptural precedent for Zacharias could have said, whoo, we're going to be like Abraham and Sarah. We're going to have a baby in our old age. <laughs> Glory. We've been praying a long time for this. I'm so glad. Could have rejoiced. He didn't. Zacharias looked at that angel. He's pretty gutsy. He looked at the angel and go, you know, how am I supposed to know this? Basically is, how do I know you're telling me the truth? If an angel comes and talks to you, just don't say that. Even if you're thinking that, just don't say that. Just smile and go, praise God. He goes, how do I know you're telling me the truth? Gable said, Gable went, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Babe, here, here's the thing. He silenced. He said, you're not going to be able to speak for nine months. Somebody said, well, that's punishment. I don't think it was punishment. I think it was protection. Because Zacharias would have talked himself out of that. He'd have gone home, told his wife, I had a vision, I think. Angel said, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> You're old, I'm old, ain't no baby happening in here. So, so the angel said, you're not saying anything. Nine months. Zacharias comes out and goes, Zacharias, what happened? Man, you're in there a long time. Mm, 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 mm. Goes home and his wife says, hey, baby, how was, how was your day? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, let me get you something to eat, sweetheart. You'll be fine. You'll be all right. Didn't talk for nine months. He could have believed. If he couldn't have believed, then it would have been wrong for the angel to say, you can't talk. If, if it was beyond him, he had a choice. He chose not to believe it. Here's, here's, there's a reason I'm saying this. As we talk about the Holy Spirit, depending on how you've been taught, oftentimes people look at that, well, you know, how do I know to believe that? Listen, you, you want to believe Scripture over tradition, over experience, over people that you know, you always want to go with Scripture first. This is what Mary did. We call her blessed. Let's read her story. Same angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. Now, I skipped a few of the part. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One 
who's to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, that's, by the way, that's Zacharias, his wife, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's perspective, completely different. Angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby. Mary had a question. She's not looking at the angel going, how do I know you're telling me the truth? There's a difference. She just basically had a great question. Hey, I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? That's a legit question. I think it's interesting that the angel gave her, he didn't spell it all out for her. He just said, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And Mary says, let it be to me, according to your word. Smart. Smart. She said, because you know there was a scripture that talked about the virgin shall give birth. So there was a scriptural precedent for it. But I like something that Mary said first. When the angel appeared to Mary and talked to her, Mary said this. She said, I'm the maidservant of the Lord. Now that's it is more powerful than we give it credit for. When she said, I'm the maidservant of the Lord, she basically identified with her relationship with God. She took a place of humility and said, I'm a servant. Now here's a great question. How do you identify with the Lord? Do you identify as, well, you know, you know, he's God and I'm here. Do you identify as being one of his children? That's good. Do you identify as being a servant of his? You know, Paul one time when he was on a, on a boat and uh, they were all about to die. They were in the middle of a typhoon and an angel appeared to Paul. And Paul, when he, when he, when he talked to the people, he said, he said, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve. So he's saying, I belong to God. That's really important. She said, I'm a maidservant of the Lord. She didn't say, hey, I'm engaged. Hey, do you realize that good husbands are hard to find? She said, no. She said, more than anything else, I'm a maidservant of the Lord. Listen, we have to determine what our priorities are in life. And more than anything else, we ought to adopt a position before God that says, God, I serve you and I belong to you. And because I serve you and I belong to you, if you say it in your word, then let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me. So, in other words, if you can find it in the scriptures, if you can find a scriptural precedent for it, preferably more than one, you want, you want a couple. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So I'm going to give you good witnesses. If you've been taught, I don't want anything to do with that Holy Spirit business. It's not a Holy Spirit business. He's the helper that lives in you that can help you and guide you and strengthen you and comfort you and encourage you and stand with you and be a blessing in your life. I want all of him I can get. You say, well, mm, Alan, I don't know because I know Holy Spirit people. And they're weird. <laughs> Everyone knows someone who's a Holy Spirit person who's weird. Every, all of us do. Here's the, here's the bottom line. They were weird before they had the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does not make you weird. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not the weird uncle of the Godhead. He's a spirit of power. He will lead you in love. And he has sound thinking, not weird thinking. So I knew someone and they said that the Holy Spirit told them to do something and it was weird. Well, then the Holy Spirit didn't tell them to do it. Not everyone who said the Holy Spirit told them to do something. It, listen, I come, I come from the state that has the weirdest of the weird. I hate to admit it. But those boxes with snakes in them are from my part of the country. <laughs> where people, really, they bring copperheads and rattlesnakes into services that you could take up serpents. Anybody come from one of those churches that just, good, okay. So, because uh, <laughs> they pick up, they, they really do pick up snakes and those as a, as a sign of their faith. Weird. <laughs> and dangerous. That's how you, that's how you, and, and, and they're dying all the time. So if you'll notice, there are no boxes up here with snakes. And learning about the Holy Spirit is not going to make you weird. It's going to make you stronger, more loving, more Christ-like, and to give you sound thinking and a sound mind. So this is where, this is where we want to go. So I hope you stay with me. It's, it's, we always have a blast with these things. Because when you begin to see the Holy Spirit operative in the scriptures. You begin to find him in the scriptures. We just read the book of Acts in our Bible 365. All through the book of Acts. All through. And listen, he did not just stop, fold his arms and go away when the last apostle died. Because apostles are still existent. So are evangelists and prophets and teachers. And the gifts of God and the spirit of God hasn't stopped. There wasn't a day of miracles. There's a God of miracles and he has never changed. And so stay with me. I, I, you, you'll learn a lot. You say, well, I don't like that. We've got a saying around here. Don't get mad. Get scripture. <laughs> find scripture that backs up what you believe. If you can't find scripture for it, you need to throw it out. Well, what if you say something weird? If I say something that's weird, you're like, I don't believe that. Find scripture. I don't mind being proved wrong. But don't come up here and tell me your Aunt Ethel doesn't believe it that way. Love your Aunt Ethel. She may make the best brisket in the country. But you better bring me scripture. Don't get angry. Get scripture. And so I think that's just fair. And so you say, well, are you going to force us? Listen, we don't force you to do anything here. We don't force people to think alike. We don't have to talk alike. We don't dress alike. I believe God is pretty big. And he can allow us to be whoever we are as individuals without having to have group think. But let's at least think in line with Scripture. Here are three takeaways I want us to get from this series. First one, that we will gain a, a respect or a reverence for the Holy Spirit in our life. Number two, that we would begin to recognize him when he's working. See, a lot of times, because he's not weird, we haven't even recognized him when he was speaking to us. 
or working in us or leading us. So we'll be talking about being led by the Spirit. And the third thing is we want to be able to respond to him. So as, as he prompts us, we respond. As he prompts us, then we're able to move. The beautiful thing about that is, is the, the stronger we get in that there, listen. Remember we start off by saying, I need help. You need help. I figure if Jesus looked at the guys that traveled with him for three years and looked at them and said, boys, y'all need help. If they needed help, Alan needs help. Joy needs help. We all need help. But thank God we have help. So we're going to learn how does he help and learn and then cooperate with him. And man, I want to tell you something. in, In my limited experience, and I'm always learning more and more, the more I learn about the Holy Spirit, the more I appreciate him and the more I appreciate his help. So I don't know if he helped. Listen, you're sitting in a church tonight. That the Holy Spirit is the one that prompted us to start this church in Conroe, Texas. It, I didn't just come up with an idea and go, you know, demographically, I can see where the entire city of Houston is starting to move north, and probably within around 20, 20, 22, 23 years, Conroe will be the fastest growing city in America. I would, I'm not that smart. I'm really not. But he is. And he knows the future better than we know the past. And Jesus says he'll show us things to come. It's going to be a fun series. You want to stay with me? Good. Bring somebody. Because this will help them. I watched as a pandemic decimated the church. I'm talking about the church. And I watched as it did damage to the church. And it's made me a lot more intent, intent as a pastor to do everything I can to help people because I don't believe the days are getting easier. I believe we're living in some tough times. And if you're living in tough times, I I said it last year and I believe it, the Christianity, level of Christianity that got us to where we are is not going to take us where we need to go. We're going to have to pick it up. And we can't do that on our own. We need his help. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you. You have not left us helpless. You have left us with the helper, the best one ever. And he is leading us, guiding us, strengthening us, working on our behalf. And Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you. He is a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind and can make a difference in every one of our lives as we look to him. Now, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you came this evening and said, you know, I don't know too much about the Holy Spirit, but I do know this. I know that I'm not right with God. I'm not where I should be with God. Maybe you've never made Jesus your Lord, or maybe you're not sure, or you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I've gotten away from God and I know it, and I, and I, wanna, I don't want to live that way. I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. But I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to and you want in on our prayer, you're here in this congregation. If you're watching online and, and that's you, you can simply text us. But if that's you here, would you slip your hand up real quick and say, Alan, that's me. I've been away from God, and I want to come back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Would you pray for me, Alan? Great. Appreciate your honesty and your humility. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you wanted to lift your hand and you, and you didn't, you did not miss your opportunity. We're going to pray here, and this is a heart prayer. And so we're going to pray with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. 
Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. And Father, I thank you for those who've come home and those who, who have come back. Lord, we just give you all the praise for that. And Father, for those here, those listening, those who are coming, thank you for showing us more about how we can receive help from your spirit, your good spirit, that he can lead us and guide us and direct us that we could be more Christ-like in all that we do, that you would be glorified in our lives, in our families, and in this church. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.